Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rents, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. the NBA Finals. I don't really want to talk about the NBA Finals. This is my usual like one series hangover from when my beloved team exits. Yeah. So the Celtics lost to the Heat. Now I have a really interesting question for you. I mean, I, I assume that you're just in like don't care mode, but it's like the team that beat your team versus the Lakers. Like who, who do you pull for in this scenario? Obviously the Heat, but you have to get over the hangover. Obviously the Heat. Um, I usually root for the team that beat my team in the oh. odd logic of, well, at least we lost the champions. Kind of. I understand that feeling. Unless it is the championship, then I hate it. No matter what. Um, of course. But yeah, no, I'm, but also kind of, I would really love to, th- I, I don't like the Lakers. Very much don't like the Lakers. Very much do not like LeBron James either. So, a big middle finger to him and the Lakers with the Heat winning seems fine. But do you really want to see Jimmy Butler celebrate? After that clip on Jeff Green and my hope that he gets a fine? No. That was like... That was bad. I I don't... I mean, I... I don't like Jimmy Butler. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm pulling for the Lakers. You have always had a soft spot for LeBron James, and you said, quote, I just got to pull for the Midwestern guy a while ago. All right, I put this in here. Uh, We should just make some obligatory sad statements about the sorry state of both of our NFL teams. Well, he's not really... There was never any um, confusion about where my team would be. Uh, I think in the beginning of the year, I thought, man, this really doesn't look good. This is like a, this is like maybe six wins, six and ten team win team. <clears throat> and then you know the one good player on the team tears his Achilles or whatever the injury was, and it's like, this is this is a two and fourteen team. So I had no delusions of grandeur with the the Giants. But, oof, I heard a lot of things coming out of Minnesota about how good this team was going to be. And the fundamentals just aren't there, right? That's a problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think there are a lot of problems. But, yeah, so if, if there are many problems, you should default to saying that the fundamentals are the problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I agree with that. I mean, we could still get to six wins. But man, it is gonna be a slog. I mean, eight and eight is out. Yeah, Some, you think, well, somebody has to. Could. Somebody has to win next week. We play the Texans, right? We're both zero and three. <laughs> Somebody's gotta win. You've also got. I mean, this is a. This is not a good schedule. Nothing. There are no gimmies. I know. Texans, Seahawks, Falcons. You get the Panthers eventually, and then Tom Brady in um, December. 
I mean, I, I do think that clawing that eight and eight is out clawing away to six and 10 is like possible, but not ideal. Oh, who cares? You know, if you're, if you're going to be under eight and eight, then like, who cares? Well, right. I, that is, that's true. I, yes. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you for putting that into in perspective. I needed I needed that statement, and this will save me from having to stay up till the middle of the night in January and cursing at the at the TV. So, Dad, it, see, I have the last couple of years with the Giants. There has been that to be like, oh, I have my Sundays back. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will try to maintain that perspective. Yes, this week. We're going to open the bet box. We've had almost exactly a month since we dumped a bunch of stuff into the bet box. Uh, looking forward to the end of the season. Season's over, so it's a good time to open it up. Check in on where we're at. Let's look at actual things in the bet box. Now, let's do it. I put in the stats, but I haven't... I put in the answers, but I haven't evaluated who won. So I actually have no clue which direction these are going to go yet. If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Uh, hits. We so we went through the we went through all the hitting stats, um, the five hitting categories, and we had two bets in each. Um, so the first one was we were looking at Charlie Blackman, and he was on pace for an incredible number of hits, and we set the over under at seventy nine and a half hits for him in twenty twenty. I took the over. Blackman had sixty seven hits. <sighs> Fell off that pace, didn't he? But you know what's crazy is that, and so there's actually a trend here that you'll see as we get a little further, which is that. The over-unders that we set were quite good for the eventual leader. We were just wrong about who the who eventual was. leader was. <laughs> yeah. So so Trey Turner had was the MLB leader in hits this year, and he had 78. So actually nice. 79 and a half is, is not that bad, would not be that bad of an over-under. But Trey Turner turned it on hugely. He did. Wow. Wow. He also amassed the at-bats like crazy. That is insane. I know. I know. No, it's, yeah, Trey Turner, a lot, lot of stuff happening. Yeah, so Blackman had a 303 average. Um, he had a 362 average when we did this originally. <laughs> so. Jeez, did he fall off. A little bit, little bit of a change. All right, now let's get into the slightly more interesting style that you did here. So we had Hanser Alberto's total plus 0.5 hits for Charlie Blackman in 2020. Hanser Alberto ended up with 62 hits. Also a massive fall off. You won that one because it was... I, I, was I took the over. Yeah, yeah. I took the over on Charlie Blackman's hits. My theory was right, though. That basically someone else would get above Blackman. The Blackman would have a fall off. And... Because, um, geez, I, so... Where was Hanser at? He was at 43... He was three. Oh, he ended up. Yeah, but they had proportional. They had a proportional yeah. fall off. I mean, look, yeah. Hanzo Alberto yeah. ends the season with a two eighty three average. That's a massive fall Huge. off. Huge. <laughs> Runs. It was a Fernando Tatis and a Mike Yastrzemski affair here. Set over under fifty nine point five runs for Fernando Tatis in twenty twenty. I took the under. He only had fifty runs. Wow. And I'll point out though that the leader only had fifty one runs. Yeah. So the, the offense, all of Died. offense fell off massively in September. I, I mean, we could talk. Wow. So it was pitching really that good in the second half? Is that, <laughs> but is that sort of, you know, we talk, I talk a lot about the, 
the dog days of summer for hit for hitting when it's like the pitchers all of a sudden just turn it on is this is this not about a temperature thing it is really about the pitchers having like two three games under their belt and then really just hitting their stride before they arms fall off so that would sort of that would sort of be my theory is that like the the schedule had was Pitching much more detrimental the 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 schedule was much more detrimental to hitters this year than pitchers hmm. because pitchers continued to get their more or less same number of days off mm-hmm. hitters are compressed playing every day basically in this year so i wonder i wonder if you're seeing some of that fatigue i don't know all right mike Yastrzemski, plus 9.5 runs for tatis in 2020 i took the over good choice by me mike Yastrzemski, look at this fall off <laughs> 39 runs yeah, he only got 10 to, more runs yeah he, he only got 10 runs in the entire month <laughs> uh so that's that's not good rbi's Mike Trout was the leader. Great. <laughs> Kyle Tucker was the surprise in here. Set the over under at 59.5 runs for Mike Trout. Runs I took the under. Wow. Mike Trout. Mike Trout, 46 RBIs. That another, like, I don't know. Did we jinx all these guys or what? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but again, here's, here's the theory of the case. Jose Abreu, 60 RBIs. So the leader did actually have 60 about, RBIs. About right, yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, obviously, if there was going to be a big fall-off in runs, we should have expected a big fall-off in, um, in RBIs as well. This one is great. Right. Because <laughs> it's right on it, right? Tucker plus 3.5 RBIs for it Trout. It is right on it. That is insane. Kyle Tucker, 42 RBIs plus 3.5, wow, I took the destroyed over. destroyed on this. You're going you're gonna to have to really pick it up here. I'm I not actually, we, well, I, I actually. I think you're, you're ahead. In this little game, no, no, no. The stolen bases where I already know that we're gonna have trouble. All right, next one up is next one up is home runs. This is Nelson Cruz versus Matt Chapman, and obviously pour one out for my boy Matt. Uh, <laughs> Nelson Cruz here um, set the over under at twenty three point five home runs for Cruz. You know he only hit three in, in the second half. <laughs> Second half, yeah, in month. The, he only hit three, three home runs. No wonder the Twins started to fall off. Uh. So he so he end, ends the season with with sixteen. Leader, I'll point out again, twenty two. Luke Voigt. So I think actually there we're still seeing a, a the fact that there was an offensive fall off. So if we did this again in the future, we would definitely want to bake in <laughs> offensive fall off. Well, I guess next year if the pandemic is still. Well, let's not let's not assume that. Let's just say that when we forecast first half, second half numbers, we have to right. keep this in mind. Yeah. Or, you know, one thing that might be interesting is trying to map this on to the first sixty games of the next season whenever they happen. See if it's see if the trend is the same. Yeah. Okay, but we said here's the other one: Matt Chapman plus five point five for Cruz in twenty twenty. I took the under. Matt Chapman had 10 home runs because he got hurt. So the 15 and a half, 15 and a half. So, uh, wow. So I lost that one. You, no, you Cruz didn't. Had, no, you didn't. No, no, no. Cause I picked, I picked the under for Cruz. Oh, and Cruz, okay. Cruz hit the over on it. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'll, but, but that one is, that one's, to get your head around let's it. be honest. That one's blind luck because Chapman went down. He just needed to have 
one more home run. <laughs> you only need to have one more home run. These, I'm always, every time we do a bet box, I'm always stunned by how close so many of them are. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been doing um, just an office thing. I've been doing um, NBA lines over under uh, with um, with someone else to see who can, who can guess more. And it's amazing how many come down to the last week of the season. It's so crazy. It's so it's crazy. Like, it's like four or five of them every year, just like down to one one win is going to change who got the over, who got the under. You know, parody is so real. I don't know what I don't know what else to say about it. All right, stolen bases. Oh, sorry, we're at six for me, two for you. Sorry, you can't win, but it's it's okay. You're gonna you're gonna clean up on these. All right, yep. stolen bases. Jonathan VR versus. Uh, that and we were looking at the ensemble average after that. All right. Set the over under for VR at eighteen and a half stolen bases. I was very confident that he was going to get the over. No, sixteen. Sixteen. Wow. But here's the crazy. Here's the crazy part. The leader. And okay, so and VR is second in stolen bases total. Adalberto Mondesi got twenty four stolen bases this year, and like. He got 50% more stolen bases than the next person. Yeah. If you could do that over the course of a year. <laughs> I mean, like we're... Is we're getting... just in garbage time? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, might, might as well call the twin se- uh, the Kansas City Royals season every year garbage time. It's, it's so true. So true. Um, all right. The other one was an over-under of three and a half players with more than 88% of VR's 2020 stolen bases. Nice one that we made it really hard at the end. All right. 16 times 0.88 is 14.08. So you wow. crushed it. Excellent line setting because that means that they had to get 15. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you said, you said more than 88%. So no yep. rounding here. Yeah. So I just, side note, 88%, amazing choice. If you'd said 87%, 14 would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> you crushed it. You did it. I, I should have, I really should have run those numbers before I agreed to this one. Anyway, I took, I took the over. I thought what more would than you have done? Half. I was doing off of what the, what the projected number was for VR though. So it was even, it was, yeah, I think it was like, it ended up being like 15 was the number. So yeah. Uh, no, it would end up being. It would have been fifteen because he was on pace for nineteen at the time. Oh right, so it still would so have been fifteen. So you, okay. you just got yeah, eighteen was... and nineteen for free, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we were looking for guys with more than fifteen. Three guys got more than fifteen if you count VR. I was ready to argue, but it didn't matter because <laughs> because there was only three guys, even if you include VR. Trevor Story yeah. gets 15. Adalberto Mondesi, we already talked about, got 24. And VR got 18, or 16, excuse me. Fourth player down, Trey Turner Whit? at 12. Uh, Whit Merrifield with 12. <laughs> yes, that is true also. I wasn't going to bring that. I mean, I was. I thought about bringing that up to just be mad at Whit Merrifield for not being very good. Roman Quinn, <laughs> Manuel Margot, Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore on the I.L., also got there. I don't know who Dylan Moore is. I don't know. Good job to Dylan Moore. So I would come, I would circle back to this, and this is this is the shoot around part of the conversation, which is that I I actually think that the theory of the case was pretty good in most of those, and I'm left wondering 
what this means about their if there are any noticeable differences from previous seasons. And just the teaser is that, you know, thinking ahead, this is kind of what our Sloan paper is supposed to be about. Right. I know. So oh, we do have to get in this thinking of the names are different, but the results are the same. Does it matter that the names are different? That's a, yeah. Ooh, that's a really good phrasing. Um, I mean, I guess oh, I... That's too bad that wasn't our title. I love thinking that is so true. Names are the different, but the results aren't the same. Or the results, but the results are the same. I mean, I like to think statistically about things. So I would say I don't care about the name. Like, just give me the give me the stat line. I mean, in part, that's why that's why there's a whole cottage industry around like player A versus player B. Like, which one yeah. do you like better? And then it's like reveal the names, and you're surprised, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Right, those are all the all the situations where like player A is Luke Voigt, player B is Mike Trout. Of course you wanted and yeah. you said Luke Voigt. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. I guess I would default in our Sloan paper, I would say that it really doesn't matter who the players are. Well, no, actually I think it's the opposite. In the Sloan paper, we really do want to we really do want to track players from season to season because we want to see if then when you look at the you take the difference for each individual player and then when you take the ensemble is that moving up or is that moving down for pitcher quality Mm -hmm. so you don't we don't want to look at like the full season stats like the ensemble of all pitchers we want to know individual pitcher yeah are they are the same over seasons but that's the whole thing is that you know we were looking Right, so I'm like, there are too many. Di- there are a lot of dimensions to this. I know. That's why this is a machine learning type problem. Mm-hmm. And then I want to take it one step further in the game, in the management of baseball, and ask, like, well, look at all of these things that were changed in the pandemic season, and we don't seem to have any real effect on the game, <laughs> on the stats in the game, like so. So what levers would you actually have to pull to see a massive change in stats or in how the game looks? And I, I think that's, I think that's a, very interesting, a very interesting question. And not just because you know, owners might want to know, can we squeeze 200 games out of, out of the MLB players? <laughs> right, exactly. Where, where everybody, it's the same thing as like the NFL, right? The NFL is like, everybody's talking about going down to 15. We're talking about going up to 17. Yeah, exactly. It. Right. Exactly. So it's just that same type of thing. People say they're bored with too much baseball. Well, owners think that you should just learn to love a little bit more. <laughs> All right. I think that about brings us to the review session. Rysel Iglesias. Rysel Iglesias. Uh, first of all, way older than I thought. It's 30. Yeah. I don't know how old I thought he was, but not 30. Okay. Stat lines for him. He does look pretty young. I know, yeah. He's one of those players who's in that range of, like, he was a young, he knew young thing in 2014, I think was when I saw him. 2015 is the first year he pitched in the majors. In 2015. Okay, 2015 was the first year that I saw him. It was the year that I saw him at that great American ballpark. 
Um, yeah, well, she showed up as a total fireballer out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really exciting. Who's this guy? Who's this kid? And then it's sort of been, it's one of, he hasn't really been, he's been up, he's been down, he's been hurt, he's been back. So he's a known, he's almost a known entity at this point, even though he hasn't really, he hasn't been playing full, all the, all full seasons since 2015. That's right. So let me give you the stat lines here. He's, he pitched in 22 games this year, 23 innings pitched. So pretty nicely typical closer usage. He had a 2.74 ERA, but that obscures this amazing 12.13 K per nine. And this is good for him getting eight saves. He's got, I mean, he's been putting up on real close, real closer numbers on a terrible team for three years. I would argue that this year, eight saves is roughly real closer numbers. It's right, a little low, be, but it's not. Be, yeah, that would be 26 or something like that. Yeah, because last year he got, so he got. 28 in 2017, 30 in 2018, 34 in 2019 for saves. Um, so that's all pretty solid. Oh, he had a great whip number, actually, this year, 0.91. Nice. Yeah, under one. one. Really good. Yeah. So my question for you is, watching all of this, can he continue the trends? Like, is are we seeing him continue to figure it out even as he ages? Because... This year's his highest K per nine, but it's not anomalously high. Last year over the whole no. season when he pitched 67 innings pitched, he got 11.96 Ks per nine. He did manage to drop his walks per nine a massive amount this year. Under that, two. Yeah. And that is where you want your closer to be, obviously. Uh, I guess talk wow. about his pitch distribution. He's got He's a three-pitch pitcher, fastball, sliders, change-ups. Well, we never, we hardly ever look at this, but this actually sort of got to me as well. His um, fielding independent pitching was 1.84 yep. this year, and it's been in that four, it was in the 4.23 in 2018, 3.92 in 2019. So maybe, well, what you're saying is exactly right. If you changed your, the, amount of people that you walk you change your fielding independent pitching if you yeah. change the number of people that you allow on base in general you're going to change that wow. well so. he also he also induced many more ground balls this year did he have a what was his his change in pitch type was it their change in pitch he hasn't type? really i mean he hasn't really changed his pitches he throws he still throws yeah. almost all fastballs i mean he's throwing he's throwing what we called like the the middle tier closer mix Fastball slider change. Yeah. And it's a good... Wow, his changeup is faster than his slider. That doesn't feel like that's normal. I I mean, this this is what we get in... What what we also will talk about in Sloan, which is, like, the pitch fingerprints. Like, the fact that we are willing to call this whole pantheon of things a (laughs) changeup when they look completely different. When Rosella Iglesias is out here throwing a slider that's, like, Five mile on five miles an hour slower than the average MLB slider. <laughs> You're like, what is happening? It's an 84 mile per hour slider, 85 mile per hour slider. That's that's insane. a slow slider, especially when your fastball is 96. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a that's a massive change. But your changeup is is 90. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love my my rounding is like. It, my rounding is doing like the the dad not not wanting to buy something for his son 
of like the 75 that's a hundred dollars and then it's like you know uh, and then rounding down for something like yeah lawnmower part is only a hundred dollars it's 135 how did you round that way anyway sorry uh the 89.4 on that change up that's really fast yeah i so i mean my question still stands is that are we seeing russell iglesias get better are we seeing him improve like is he gonna be better next year than he's ever been before sure and is it gonna matter wow no well it's gonna measure it's gonna matter hugely for fantasy right he's gonna get one more save on that red team <laughs> who can i mean yeah but but if you wanted to if you wanted to run a all closer pitching staff or like a heavy closer pitching staff where you're really trying to control your um you're really trying to control your your ERA and whip he's a killer part for that sure yeah i mean he's good but he's not i mean he's not even elite in the in the ERA and whip conversation though for by closer standards well, I, people, I mean, I guess it depends who, if he if he can maintain a .91 whip over the course of the season, and if he regresses that ERA a little bit closer to his FIP or XFIP, then we actually have something to talk about. I think in the elite status. True. But yeah, I mean, but this is the thing on the on the closer is like you need to be down to be like truly elite on the ERA and whip. He's very close on the whip. That ERA needs to drop to like needs to be below like two point three, right? Yeah, yeah. I th- just think he's going to be better. I think he's going to be the best he's ever been next year, and I think that moves him into a top four closer conversation. Okay, he's one of the the guys that's like one of the surer things, which is great as like the second tier. If you're able to get him at second tier value in, in your draft oh. in March, yeah. It's great because he's more of a sure thing. He's on a terrible team. That's why. It's because he's on a ter- is on a terrible team for save opportunities. I mean, I think the Reds have like more going on than right now than they have over the last couple of years. Wow, I, this is so yeah, funny. <laughs> the Devin will. If you're looking at ranks, I'm looking at ranks in CBS. If you're looking at ranks, Devin Williams is ranked higher than him because of the wins. Oh, I guess well, he's he's up there because of the wins, but you know the that zero point three three ERA and zero point six three WHIP. Yeah, exactly. And twenty two extra Ks. But if you're, but it's okay. So it's all about what you're trying to build, what you're trying to build your fantasy team to. Like I agree that Devin Williams for many fantasy teams will be more valuable, but Rossell Iglesias will be more valuable for other. No, 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 teams. no. I'm actually I'm saying the opposite thing. Of oh, like, okay how absurd the rankings are at the end oh. of the season for relief pitchers because i was who wanted to ro- we we talked about this you can't really roster devin williams because he doesn't appreciably move the era and whip when he has zero saves you're you're punting one yeah. category to get you know four wins and an extra 20k's doesn't really do anything I don't know. You're you're right. I mean, so we're and we're arguing about minutia here, right? I'm saying he is the top of the tier two closers, and you're saying he might as well be at the bottom of the tier one closers. 
Yeah, I, I'm just not sure that there's. I'm just not sure that there's a big drop off from tier one to tier two, especially after everything we've seen from closers this year. Well, how many closers get hurt? That's the thing that I always talk about. Is just like, you know, we're going to say the top five closers, and then th- three of them won't even end up end the season. Sure closing because of injury because of loss of role or yeah. or a combination of the two I mean, this is the point yeah this is the point that we have to make all the time and that closers are so much more volatile <laughs> than your average than your average pitcher so it's because even though brown is back and uh, we thought that he was going to be able to why am i blanking on his name um kirby yates have, which one Kirby Yates, yes. I, yeah. I was looking at Brad Hand and I couldn't not want to call Brad <laughs> Hand. Kirby Yates, who I would have I thought at the beginning of the year was as bulletproof as possible at as a closer. Didn't, you know, um, not totally through fault of his own. But I do have the archetype of the guy that I'm looking for when you're talking about the ERA and whip and why um Rasel Iglesias is um where he really needs to get to be to be that elite level is Brad Hand's stats this year, which was uh, on the ERA and website 2.05, 0.77. I mean, that's that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. 16 saves. Man, that Brad Hand, that Brad Hand line from this year games. is like, how how did you how did you do that? <laughs> oh, Cleveland was in a lot of close games. I'm gonna. Th- throw a slight wrinkle at you so that we try and get through more teams which is i think we should do the team. cardinals committee which is okay. really just gallegos giovanni gallegos and andrew miller are the two that like were actually in the mix for saves time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the sea thank you mild manor for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Worst of luck to you, too.